Hello and welcome to another episode of Flying High with Flutter. I'm your host, Alan Wyma. Today I'm with Alex Tran, who is a software developer who created a very interesting uh, library or project called Image, which is basically a Google Photos-like clone, which you can host yourself. Uh, welcome, Alex. Uh, why don't you do a quick intro about yourself and we can get started. Hey, my name is Alex. Uh, Alex Tran. I'm based in Omaha, Nebraska in the United States. And I am a electrical engineer by day and software engineer by night. So during the day I do, I work on a completely different things than what I do when I'm at home. Thank you for having me. No, thank you for creating this interesting project, right? I think this is the first time I've actually seen this, but you said that there's others out there who have a similar project? Yep, there's um, others uh, project that wanted to help people host their own photos. Um, but those project doesn't really have a mobile app that can give you an easy way to backup your assets, including uh, video and uh, images. So this is where Flutter saw, uh, saw shine in this app application is to have a full mobile app that can back up everything from your mobile phone to the server that you self-hosted, and then you can build it later on your phone. Yeah, I think that really kind of rounds out the process of Google Photos, right? From from me, I think Google Photos is definitely uh, the image, or sorry, the mobile app. Without the mobile app, it's not really Google Photos because like people always take photos with their phone. Nobody's really using a digital camera unless you're very professional, right? Yeah, nowadays I would say there's there are less people using um, camera to take picture because the phone is so convenient, and um, yeah, so it's just a, an an easy way for me and my my wife to uploading pictures of our children since we just had our first kids, and uh, and actually that is the primary goal for for me is to save the the moment of our child and then have, having an interface to look at it later because if you keep backing up the photo by saving them to the USB you cannot really see it right maybe once a year that you you open up those USB drive and then you look through the pictures but this help you to save space on your phone and also looking at the pictures now, if Google Photos already works pretty well, right, and they have a mobile app, what's the what was your motivation to create this? Well, uh, since they changed their uh, pricing, um, they get rid of the free tier, so you can no longer have unlimited storage. Uh, my my wife she voiced her concern about having to pay for a long time, and then eventually that running out of that you keep having to pay you know, year by year with the, the amount of photo that we have. Um, then she asked me to build one. And I always like to build something for me, for my family. So this is a good chance for me to, to build it. So I, I just jump in and start building. Wait, wait, wait. So she motivated you, right? It's not self-motivation in this case? Yeah. Wow. So she said, oh, you're a software developer. You need to do this. <laughs> Well, so you don't like being a software developer is to help other people to solve problem, right? And this is a problem that 
right here, right now. Like I always look for a problem to solve. And here my wife, she she brought me a problem and why not? I have the the, the ability and then I have the uh, the knowledge. So I just jumped right in and built it for, for her. And then after I got the first uh, prototype done, I shared it on Reddit and a lot of people actually is looking for a solution, especially in a self-hosted uh, community. So a lot of people was really give me the encouragement to keep pushing forward and to further develop the app. So are you actually using this right now? Yeah. So my wife, she actually using it in production. Um, so now I have a lot of uh, responsibility on my shoulder to ensure the app is running well and uh, having additional features. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So she's your, your main customer then? Yep. Right now she's my main customer. <laughs> and your your product owner. Correct. I'm the product owner, uh, the product manager, and also software developer, the dev app as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of curious about what kind of features is she requesting? Because when I think about Google Photos, it's basically upload, download, and view. Is there any kind of more features that you guys are developing? Um, so they're actually um, the searching features. So I try to incorporate the machine learning into the app for object detection, image classification, and eventually more ambitious goal is to have a um, facial de detection plus facial clustering. Um, because that essentially what you would use uh, when you have hundreds of thousands of pictures, you want to search for a specific moment, a specific event. And um, so that is the features in the app that um, some, of, some of the features are already there. Uh, the facial detection is not yet there. And also the, sh uh, the share album, the sharing between the, uh, the user on the server. Um, and then eventually automatically sharing based on an event or based on the pitch, uh, based on the facial detection. So it's grouped them into specific album for that person. So those things are the main features. The other fe features that other people requesting are uh, like the moment. So it's automatically audit your database and then bring up uh, this time last year or this time five years ago, what are you doing? What are the, the, the picture? What are the, the moments? Okay. I didn't even think about that. I totally forget that Google Photos does group your stuff. Are you also planning to like randomly send out a message saying, hey, do you remember one year ago? Yeah, that is the one of the feature are requested from the from other people. And since this project is not just primarily the mobile app, it has the server side as well. And also now I'm starting to build the web app. So there are so those fee feature will mirror each other from the mobile app and then on the web app as well. So a lot of work to do.
So what do you actually start with when you're doing the app? Are you starting with maybe developing an iOS or Android? Because you're saying you're starting to develop the, the website, right? Uh, no, I actually started with the, the mobile app. So I started with Flutter because I wanted to test the, the idea that if I can perform the image upload really, really, really fast and also can um, load the image really, really fast, since a lot of the problem that um, some of the self-hosted solution they have is very slow loading speed when you have a timeline of hundreds of thousands of pictures. So when you scroll, it would it would basically freeze the app. So I want to test that um, function first. So I started with the, the, the mobile app. And um, Flutter actually performed really well. I did some um, optimization as well as prof profiling to see if Flutter used a lot of memory while loading the app. And to my surprise, after it reached a certain amount of RAM usage, it's gonna kick in the uh, garbage collector and then just leveling out, even though you scroll up and down, up and down of thousands of pictures. I mean, based on your comment right there, it sounds like you're still maybe quite new to Flutter or am I, am I wrong? Uh, I would say this is the first um, serious app that I built with Flutter. Um, I, I get to know Flutter in 2018 and I started to play around with uh, some small apps that um, I use for uh, um, just for side project, but nothing really serious because I wanted to learn different uh, different type of state management. So I learned a cubic block and then eventually um, I landed on Re on Riverpod and I find it really promising. So that's how I use it for my current project. And um, yeah, it's a learning experience while developing the app. Yeah, I see a lot of people are using Riverpod. Um, I've used it once, I was I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence about it, but uh, I'm really more into block. But it's good to hear at least you tried it. But it seems like it's hit or miss. It's either half people like it, half people don't like it. I can understand all that. But it seems like no matter what, everybody likes Riverpod. I'm like, okay, it's <laughs> it's fine. It's just, it just takes when you're used to like provider like things where you have to put things into a tree. It's and then you go to Riverpod, which has kind of got uh, you know like whenever you want to access it, you can access it because of the scoped. Uh, widget it just takes some time to get used to it well i, I think i like river pod because of the low boilerplate code that it used and it just clicked right away i think block is very mature and a lot of people use it but somehow it doesn't click to me right away like the, the way that Re that river pod does so i just go with whatever that easier for me to understand so that i can build out the app yeah, I, I can understand all that. Uh, there's a little bit of, uh, there's definitely a lot of boilerplate for, for block. Mm -hmm. Creating all the base classes, abstract class and extending. And yeah, it can definitely be a be a little bit of a annoying. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I try to keep things simple, stupid. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I mean, whatever works for you is fine. Uh, 
So it's interesting always to hear what people are thinking. I, I should actually keep a tally of what everybody's using, but I think it's still a river pod beating out most people. Hmm. So for your backend, right? You're not using Dart, are you? No, on the backend, I'm using Nest.js. So it's basically, I've heard it's similar to a Java Spring framework, uh, but it's based on Node.js and Express. Oh, really? Yeah, actually, what I understand about Next.js is it's more like a CMS. If I understand correctly, Next.js is more like a CMS rather than a backend, I would say. It's not Next.js, it's Nest.js, N-E-S-T, not N-E-X-T. So Next.js is a framework of React, right? And then Nest.js is a framework of Node.js. I have no idea why they choose the name so... <laughs> So, so close. That is really annoying considering X and, T, X and S is so close. Yeah. Drive me nuts. Yeah. Now I think I remember what you're talking about. Okay. Because every time I think about the Next is always the most popular one that I hear about rather than Nest. But because I thought Express was the thing. So now, now the flavor this week is, is Nest. Um, well, I mean, to me, it's easier to write. Well, I'm pretty familiar with JavaScript. So. And this is a very well-structured project you can use to build out your project. So that's why I go with it. It has the predefined structure. It's very, um, uh, what is the word? So it, it, it keeps you to use the same structure, just like AngularJS. So with that, it gives you the structure to not having to think about how would you put this file into what folder. Like Flutter, some, some, sometimes you have to think about how would you structure your project, right? Like to put into the, um, the MVC or MVV, uh, right? Model view, view controller, MVVC, yeah. So this just laying out every, everything that you need to build out your backend API and essentially that what it is. Yeah, and yeah, there's always different patterns, right? I think. MVC is usually the biggest one, and then now MVVM. Oh my goodness, that just drives me nuts about the different patterns. I don't know which one's better, which one works better, but I think the most important part is make a pattern that's clear for everybody, especially for newcomers that join. If it's just immediately clear, okay, this goes there, this goes there. That's the most important part. How about uh, speaking of that? How do you structure your Flutter app? Sorry, if you something you want to say about that topic, you can you can say it. Yeah, I, of course I, I can. Um, so now Flutter, I, I split it into features module. Uh, so let's say I have a page called sharing page. So I put the view in there, I put the model in there, and then I have provider to handle all of the state um, management. And then I have, say, yeah, so I would have the model, the provider, the services, are all the helper class and then all of the the actual logic uh, the business logic of the app is going to the service and then have the ui to handle all of the widget and then the view folders so i break those into module so right now let's say i have the backup module the home module the login the search the sharing and the access viewer so that's how I structure my my, my app. And um, I think it's group thing pretty well. Um, I try to create some boundary between those pages and group them together. So if I work on a feature, I know I just need to look into that folder with all these uh, folders. 
Is there a name for this kind of pattern? <laughs> feature-based? Uh... Yeah, I think it's feature-based. <laughs> I'm not sure what you call that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I follow a similar style. Right? If, I, if I'm making the backend, I do everything contextual, and then like I just basically mirror the same code that interacts with that backend on the same structure. So it's like if you're coming from the backend to the front end or front end to the backend, you can kind of have an idea where things should be. So I, that one I think is called uh, contextual-based rather than feature-based, but basically a similar thing. Is that what you use for your app, some, for most of your app as well, or it's just de depending on the requirement? Uh, yeah, so this is always like the biggest question is like, how should you do stuff, right? I think when I first started my first Flutter app, I think I did like screens in one side and models in another. Like I kind of tried to model MVC because that was just what I'm used to from the past. Mm -hmm. But uh, I mostly developed my backends using Elixir and they favor the contextual approach where you have everything. You have like a outside kind of public API as they call it. And that one will call into like some subfolders. There was like uh, models and stuff. And so I basically model after that. And then like from there, actually I also break it down too, right? So, you know, users will have like my login and log out and all this kind of stuff. But then I actually break it down even more. So like I have a user's maybe a folder within my side on both sides. But then I further break that one down. So like authentication, updates, et cetera, will be broken up into further features and each one has its own block, things like that. So I, I break it down more in the, in the uh, Flutter side yeah. um, than I do on the, uh, the back end, but that's my style. Yeah, I think uh, with Flock, you can use the structure from the good CLI, right? Is that called? Yeah, very good CLI, I believe it's called. Very good CLI, yeah. So it gives you a very structure-based uh, skeleton that you can start your app. And very good CLI also has support for flavors, which is interesting. I just interviewed a guest, I think, last week or so that showed me about that. Have, have you tried it yet? Very good CLI or the flavors? Uh, very, very good CLI. Uh, I haven't had to start any new projects in Flutter for a while since I learned about very good CLI, so I have not. But I think this is something I may take a look at because it does seem like it gives you a lot. And I also use Block, so it kind of like checks a lot of boxes for me. So I'm interested to check it out, but because I haven't had to start a brand new project in Flutter yet, then I haven't touched it. I see, I see. How about your side? Have you, have you tried it yet? No, I have not. I think to try that, you have to... Uh somehow understand how block works and um, to to use it. And um, my, my knowledge of block is limited. So that's why I came up with my own way of doing things. <laughs> Eventually, I think re re refactor need to be done. <laughs> There's a really excellent video that helped me to understand block and kind of the structure from ResoCoder. Oh, yeah. It was fantastic. Um, I might try to get him onto the show, but... If you've seen that one, it's uh, pretty cool. Like basically, I mean, the basic idea is just an event comes in, a state comes out. I mean, that's really the the basics. And uh, I treat, I basically, I treat the block like a controller. I see. And so that one just kind of talks to a repository and outputs the data. So if you're familiar with MVC, I would treat that block as like a controller, a state as basically the V, and a model as a repository that does all the business logic inside of it that I can stub out, etc. I see. Okay. Maybe we can talk a little bit more about your, your, your background, right? So how did you actually first get into programming to begin with? Well, so I actually didn't really like pro programming when I was in school because I am electrical engineering by schooling. Uh, 
the extensive of programming I've done in school is embedded programming in C with embedded system. And I didn't like it a lot. But uh, when I started my internship right after college, um, I got put in this project to do some programming work for a control system for one of the test fixture at my company. And I actually, so I actually didn't really do straight up programming. It, it was PLC programming, so programmable logic control. So what you do is to you put the log, logic gate to toggle the input and the output of the um, of the re relay, which eventually turn into motion, the real world motion. And after I've done that project, I realized that mm, this is fun. This is what I would like to do for um, for the living. So I started to jump into a free code game to learn more about programming. So I just turned along every day after I came home from work. And uh, that's how I get into programming. And then eventually there's a project in the company that require a mixture of electrical uh, discipline plus software engineer to um, to create this product and um, there is a part of the product is to develop the mobile app as a Bluetooth control for a motor and that's how I get more into mobile development and then it's all start from there I keep finding new things very uh, interesting so i keep learning new things I eventually i found flutters and i got hope with flutter i really like flutter wait sorry i didn't didn't quite hear about the flutter so you said you kind of fell into flutter did i hear that correctly yeah so uh, so i i use ionic for the first ever mobile app that i developed i found it very clunky um in a way of developing the app and as well as distributing the app. When I found a flutter, the hot reload just captured me right away. Just like, I need to have this. The fast feedback loop is what I die for. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree. It's hard to imagine, how can you create an app that is so heavy? I mean, if your mobile app looks like crap, even if it's good, people don't wanna use it, right? That's like the, the crazy part. Or even for any app, not even just mobile, right? If it looks like crap, people think it's crap. So it's like perception. And um, how do I say? Yeah, and Ionic, Ionic is such a pain, right? And I think basically all these JavaScript frameworks are really like, I don't know, they're like duct taped together, I just feel. I don't, I don't know, just, is that kind of your feeling too? Yeah, it's a little bit hacky because you are doing the web way on the mobile app. So sometimes things work, but not consistently like it it view maybe it view very good on one device but then on the other device is kind of our place so yeah that was my feeling and then this distribution is just um, a nightmare to produce a binary that you can eventually upload onto um, google app store and ios Oh, so sorry, Google Play Store and iOS App Store. So that was the only project that I did with I Ionic. Then I found Flutters, and I just like to learn about Flutter, man. 
Yeah, I've done, I think I did a little bit of Ionic. Yeah, I did a long time ago and I was like, oh, this is, I think the most annoying part about Ionic is it, it just looks so flat, if I can say like that. I don't know. Like, I just feel like, I don't know if that makes sense to you, but like when you look at your like, I feel like this is not a mobile app at all. Like this is like, yeah, it's definitely a web page. Like if you know about Ionic, you're like, okay, this is a web page. If you don't know, you're just like, something's off and I'm not quite sure what. Yeah, it's more like a web page uh, that's running in, inside the shell of the app. And it's, it's, I think it's essentially, that's what it is, right? So they are using a web view in order to um, and to put that into the app. Well, the app running the web view. And I think that also really explodes the size of the file, no? I mean, embedding the JavaScript engine plus, I guess web view doesn't really cost you much because you're using the native web view, I think. But I think you need to embed the JavaScript or something, right? I, I don't think it's... I'm actually not too sure how the whole thing works, but I remember... Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Yeah, I think it translated the JavaScript into uh, the native module. But uh, a lot of the native mod module is community um, maintenance. And a lot of it is not working well. That from my personal experience. And that was... Uh, four years ago when I worked with Flutter. Uh, so sorry, with Ionic. I, I don't know if it's getting bet, better. Yeah, I agree. Um, actually, actually, have you ever tried doing a like native uh, plugin? How do you call it native plugin? Uh, so it's called a plugin, right? So have you ever actually done a plugin for Flutter before? Uh, no, I have not. You mean the one that you have to write in either Kotlin or uh, Swift, right? And then uh, to integrate that into the Flutter. Exactly. Yeah, that that type. Yeah, I I have not because most of the uh, the plugin that I found serve my needs, and uh, yeah, I have to say the process is a little bit too easy. If that makes sense, um, I don't know. Like when I look at some of the plugins for like these frameworks, like you said, the Ionic, etc. I feel this very hacky. But I did the one for I did one for for Flutter, and I was like, this is. A little bit too easy. I feel like I'm missing something, but I wasn't. So I thought that was uh, a lot of fun. Yeah. So after doing that, like, and and actually, I feel like yeah, the 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 plugins for Flutter are usually pretty tip top. But there is a couple of plugins that I used before that were not. But for me to open it up and make the changes, I thought it was super simple. I was like, okay, this is dead simple. I'm not really a Swift developer. I'm not really a Java or a Kotlin developer, but. Those languages are pretty simple to to pick up, and all I'm doing is just making a couple of small changes that I don't need to know learn the language. It's just like okay, this is spelled wrong or something like that. So I thought it was process was pretty nice and pretty easy. But the only thing that's really annoying is like uh, I'm sure you, I don't know if you ever ran into this yet, but I can imagine at some point you will. Some features are available on iOS or Android and not on the other platform. At least you've ran into that already, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I ran into that already. Like, uh, some of uh, one of the features that I got request for the app is for the uh, the live view of the uh, well the live uh, photo features on the iOS, and um, so that's specifically just for iOS. And then Samsung, I I, I don't think it's Android, but Samsung they have a, something very similar to the live photos and if I have to support that then I have to write two different plugins uh, just to get that 
features. Oh, you mean the ones that you're talking about the the the, fo- the photos that like record a small video like around the picture, right? Yep. It's like a one second. It's like a moving pictures. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I know. Of course. Yeah, that is annoying too. Also, like uh, instant app kind of thing. Have you seen those before too? Instant app. What is that? So uh, iOS came out with this. A- I think a couple of versions ago and uh, Google's had this for quite a while where it's like you can use the app without actually downloading it first. Mm. Yeah, it could be interesting to you. Like it's really useful for people who want to like entice people to download the app or just have like a small amount of features. So I think iOS 13 came out with this. And but before that, so on Google, it's called Instant App. I forgot what the name is on iOS. But iOS showed a demo where it's like, okay, if you want to rent something, Sometimes they ask you to download the app, create an account, scan a QR code, and rent it, right? If you're just going to be there for a day, it doesn't make sense for you to download it and do all this kind of stuff. So what they do is they say, okay, scan this QR code. We're going to download a very, very small, like, 5 megabyte app onto your device. 30 megabytes, I think it actually is. And that will just be enough functionality that you can actually use the app. And then if you so desire, then you could say, okay, give me the rest of the app, and it will actually download the full app for you then. So it's like you can get the benefits of having the app for like the core set. And if you desire more, then you can actually buy into it more. Something like that. Maybe I'm wrong. So many audiences can tell me if I'm wrong. That's fine. But this is what I understand about the app. Mm. You know, that that could be interesting for people to kind of try out your app if you feel. But I mean, maybe like, okay, I want to share this with my family. They need to have the app in order to actually see it. They could just have an app that just feeds the link in and then checks out the videos or pictures that you took. Just an idea. I think it's worked really well for services. Let's say for, um, yeah, like for parking lot that has the app to pay. You don't need to download the app. Just, yeah, use the exactly version. Yeah. yeah, so if you're going downtown for a day, you can get a parking app. You know, you just do it very quickly. If you're going to be consistently going downtown for work, you may want to actually download the real app, something like that. That's a really interesting idea. That could be interesting for your, your app. I don't know if, it, if it's worth it or not. Because you do have to like have a 30 megabytes and etc. It's possible with Flutter, but I think you already know that it is going to be slightly bigger because you are adding in the engine, etc. Right? So Yeah. So how um I'm I'm kind of curious though, right? So because we, people have probably worked with Google Photos before, they have a rough idea of how that would experience would be like on mobile. How would the, how is the experience for image on web that you're working on that right now? Like, what am I what am I actually allowed to do? Is it drag and drop picture upload, or how does this kind of work on the website? Well, on the web, I just started working on the web last week. So right now, my goal is to have an interface that the people can view the um, the video and images that they backed up already. So that is the goal right now. Um, Uploading from the app, from the web app, is not hard. Uh, but I think the more challenging solution or the more challenging problem to solve is some people are, are already have terabyte of images that they store somewhere on the on their machine, and somehow the app need to index those folder and to display them onto the app. Uh, so that is the more challenging problem that I, uh, I have to solve. Uh, the web app is 
quite primitive for now. You can look at all the pictures that is displayed similar to how Google Photos display them. You can click on them and see the better version. And um, yeah, and with an admin interface that you can add the user onto your server. So then your 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 Nest.js app is actually serving the Flutter app, is that right? Or it's like they're really separate? Uh, they're separate. So the Flutter app, well, on the web, I'm not actually using Flutter. I thought you said you're looking at using Flutter web for the front end. Maybe I misunderstood. Um, no, I I actually well I did look at uh Flutter web, but then the the thing that kind of keep me like not so sure is how to uh, deploy it because right now everything is deployed as a docker container um, so with the the web app that i am using it has its own server so it's really easy to put it on a docker container to to run it um, but for flutter uh, that would require you to, to download the whole engine right to to build it in order to have the uh, the output folder and then eventually you serve it you serve it through a web uh, web server so that is why i not so sure about you using flutter on the web for specific this application because of the self-hosted nature of the app yeah okay but I mean, you could also probably use like Apache or Nginx or even probably Next.js to serve that static page, right? That's why I was kind of curious if you're doing something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the other thing too is I still feel like the Flutter web is not 100% there, although they say production ready, but it's, it's getting there. Hot code reload's still missing, you know that, right? On Flutter web? Correct. I thought it works. Maybe it doesn't work. No. It doesn't work at all is what I was told by many people. And uh, I also thought it was actually there too, but I, we had uh, Miriam uh, on the show who works at Google as a PM for Flutter Web. And she confirmed to me that hot code reload is not working. Hmm. I just tried so, last week when I kind of on the, on the edge of the two technology, I, I think it works for me. Maybe when I integrate more features and more uh, module than it would work. <laughs> Unless there's something that I don't know about. I also thought it was working for me too, but I believe the yeah, it's not actually quite working. So, but in, in any case, if it does work, uh, I mean, I don't think the experience is as good as it is for mobile and desktop though. Yeah. Yeah. And well, one of the, the goal of the app is to make it really performance. So, Flutter web is not out is not out that long, so I don't know if it can solve a lot of the optimization issue while the web technology has been out there for so long. That is another re reason that I go with traditional web technology to build out the web app. Um, so if you're like do you have any recommendations if people actually want to host this thing like how do you host it, it sounds like you're looking you're leaning towards uh docker docker based kind of deployment yep so i have different container for different services so i have the server the back end i have the microservices which do all the machine learning stuff and then i have the website uh 
container. So it's actually really straightforward. You go into the the REPL, you pull it, and go into the Docker fo folder and run Docker comp Compose. That's it. What about all the files though, right? Like, because when I think about uploading files, usually I'm thinking I want to put this onto like S3 or something, but I'm guessing everything must be basically uh, same file system based, right? For your application to work properly. Correct. Um, so right now you can specify a location on your so server where the file will be uploaded and it will be mounted onto the con container. And that is how it is being used right now because I kind of made a survey on um, the self-hosted community asking them for how would they like these photo and vid video to be backup. Should there be another layer of backup from the app? But most of people already has have an established uh, backing up solution. So as long as they can get the 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 file out from the mobile phone, then they can perform their own um, backup, either to S three or to another offsite location. So I leave that to the user. Uh, okay, I see. Are you planning to have some kind of uh, model for like pricing so that you can help support your efforts or is it just you're going to continue on this method and kind of prioritize your wife's uh, features for over other people and then building features that you think are also useful from people's suggestions? Well, I think I don't have plan for monetize the app at all because... I've been using so many open source software and it's, you know, it's a way to give back to the community. And yeah, so that is my, my, my thought when I developed the app. At first I, I, I planned to put the app on the app store for like $1.99 to support the uh, yearly payment. But then I think that, that just make people not want to use it. So I just open a donation um, channel for whoever that use the app and like it a lot and then they want to support me as a token of appreciation, then that's make me happy. Have you got any financial support? Yeah, actually I got a lot of people bought me coffee, a lot of coffee. <laughs> and then I, I uh, create a donation channel through GitHub and there are some people that actually donate monthly to me to uh, keep me going. <laughs> uh, that's pretty cool, right? I, I like the idea. I mean, I understand like Google's kind of known for turning things off after some time and you don't really know what's going to happen with Google Photos and yeah, maybe someday you don't want to have your stuff on Google, you don't want your things to be indexed and you don't know what they're going to do with your data, right? Yep. So to be able to have your own type of service similar to it, I think is, is a great idea. The only thing that's annoying is just the maintenance and DevOps of running our server is the annoying part. So that's the, the negative. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that is... So this is geared toward people with more technical knowledge of running system. Um so my so my user group is not that big. I say the community on Reddit is like one hundred fifty thousand people for the self-hosted community, 
maybe, maybe I'm wrong, maybe 200,000. Uh, but that's, let's say that's the whole world, right? The community is small comparing to the, the others. And um, yeah, so this is for someone that really privacy focus and they want to have full control of their data. Um, yeah, so it's geared to a very niche user group. Yeah, I, I totally understand. I see that side. It's just like, you know, be prepared, right? Everybody says, oh, it's cool. I got my own Google Photos. Yeah, but uh, no free lunch, right? There's going to be some effort on your side. And if you're willing to take that responsibility, then I think, you know, go ahead. But just be aware. I mean, have you found any, like, I'm curious, has that been a problem for you? Or have you found, like, what has been, like, the biggest problems for you uh, in terms of making this app and kind of running it? Um, right now, it's actually just finding time to work on it is the biggest issue because the app is quite ambitious and there are a lot of small pieces in, in there. And now um, I started to get a lot of feedback from the people that actually use the app. So I have to go back, fix those bugs or to uh, re refactor the app and uh, add more features. So just having time to work on it is the biggest issue right now. The technical challenge is there but I don't think it's very, very hard to solve because I, I don't aim to be 100% Google photo quality in terms of machine learning. Uh, here is more like an open, the open-ended. So the way I, de I design the system is to plug and play for some module if that makes sense let's say you have a model that you train for your object detection so you don't you can use the base model of the app but it's not very accurate but you can extend it that to use your model to run all of the machine learn learning stuff that geared toward your use case so that is how i develop the apps yeah, I, for me, I think the one of the hard parts is this machine learning stuff. I don't know enough about it. I just know the word machine learning, and that's as, as much as I can understand so far. When I have a chance, I might take a look at it, but it's just like a mystery box to me. Yeah, it's, it's hype, but it's hard. It's math. <laughs> if you're actually doing it. But if you build an application, it's, it's, it might not be that bad. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Like, I think... Actually, uh, yeah, my math skills are not that great. So, uh, I mean, people think because you can program computers, you're great at math. Not really. I let the computer do all the math for me. And if you want to know how I sort stuff, I do dot sort. So <laughs> only if there's a big issue, then I'll actually take the time to take a look at it. Why is it so slow? But usually I just let it be. And maybe the client will complain to me why it's so slow. And I'll say, ah, network. But sometimes <laughs> it is, right? But I, sorry, I, that makes it seem like I'm just taking a cop out. But no, sometimes it is, right? Like... For instance, uh, over here, you know, like sometimes you're in places where the network is not good. And, uh, you know, if it's consistently not good in many places, obviously there's a problem. And I, I'll try to take a look at it and see if I can figure it out. But you need to get data, right? And it also it's about like, the uh, what do you call that? Time to market. You, you know that too, right? You can make, you can make your app image uh, spot on with Google, right? But that's going to take you years, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just not worth it, but you can, you know, make a very small subset of the feature and it's going to be enough. Yeah, just filling the void that 
the mobile app aspect of this space right now they don't have one that good enough to serve just a simple purpose of backing up photos so that is the initial goal and then eventually the app uh, keep moving forward with additional nice fee features oh great cool I'm, I'm happy that you're working on this it's a pretty cool project again i can see the market for it i'm not too sure if i fit into that market but maybe someday uh, i like to lean on other people because i'm lazy and busy it's uh, two issues i cannot really get over uh, is there anything else you want people to know about the, about the project how to get involved or how to use it or even yeah anything even your, your, your roadmap? Most of the uh, info is on uh, the repository so people can read it. And um, it's still in heavy development right now. So there'll be a lot of chain changes. Uh, that's something that people need to look out for. Uh, but I have a production user at home. So I try to not break the app and lose all the data <laughs> because that'd be bad. But uh, yeah, uh, just be, be careful of that. Uh, that is my only dis disclaimer. But uh, overall, people with development, with um, software development skill can always jump in and to help answering question, open a PR to testing, just to do bug, bug report is a really good help for me already. Fantastic. Great. Uh, it's been great to have you on. I mean, maybe we'll have you on again, uh, maybe for your next project or if you make some major updates to the app and let people know what's going on with it, because I'm really loving the idea and looking forward to seeing this continue on. Okay. Would you like to see the app in action for a little bit? Oh, yeah, sure. If you have a demo for us, please go ahead. Yep. Just not everybody at home is able to see, so you may want to just speak uh, loudly what you're doing so people know. Okay, so here I have the uh, the Flutter app running right here. This is the science screen. And um, so you have to put in the, um, the server endpoint because I don't know what is the endpoint of your server. So this is here. Once you log in, it's look exactly like Google Photo. You can do really fast scrolling. Then you can view. Uh, this is MOV, so it's not playing on the the sim the, the emulator of Android, but it will play on the emulator of iOS. So that is the one thing about the MOV. Then you can looking at the pictures. You can view where is the picture is being taken, things like that. Also, you can download the pictures to the uh, to your phone. Then you can do the search. So it's grouped by lo location with some reverse trio coding, and then it has the RD uh, object detection that uh, that running, and then eventually out output that as the uh, the text search. So you can do the text search in here. You can type and then it's just going to pull out all of the uh, possible result. You click on that, it show you that. And you can create the album to share with other people on your server uh, by uh, selecting all of the backup 
of asset that you have uploaded and then for the uploading you can choose different album to be either included or excluded and then it's just going to upload the very uh the unique one so people how do you know which one's unique which one's not do you hash it to make sure it's unique uh so it's um it's unique based on based on the id of the asset on your device so there is no duplication of the the pictures or the video and that's make that unique do i answer your question yeah i didn't know there's an id on the device for the picture but that can make some sense yeah yeah they have the the id for both ios and android so you can use that uh, to determine which picture is unique or not for example if you have like a a WhatsApp folder, you don't want to upload that, then you just exclude that from the, the backup process. And in here, you can just run the backup to the server that it will show up on here. So, yeah, that is the mobile app uh, right now at this stage. Try to make the UI as similar as possible to Google Photos. And then here is the web app. Yeah, here is the web app. Just show everything that has been back up in here. A very quick loading. And then it's also show the. Uh, it's also show the. Uh, the information of the pictures. Is uh, under construction right now, so I want to have the uh, photo album in here, similar to Google Photo, and also the search features that say similar to the mobile app, and you can uh, create the user that be able to log into your server. Yeah. So that is the stage the app is currently at. Oh, that's pretty cool. I mean, it looks really polished. I quite like it. Thank you. I was just curious if you had an upcoming roadmap of features that you plan to to bring out soon. Um, I have my the roadmap in mind, and based on the current PR, the feature request from um, from other users, uh, but I don't have the concrete ones yet. Uh, right now, is mostly trying to mimic the simple features from Google Photos first because those are the ones that people use the most. Okay, makes sense. Well, it's, it's, it's pretty cool, right? I think it's pretty cool. I love the idea. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to, to say before we start to sign off? Well, thank you for having me. Uh, this is my first ever podcast that I did. So if I have uh, didn't uh, give you a lot of information, uh, my bad. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. We're this is your time to shine, right? I'm on every episode, so let you let you have your your uh, one hour of fame, right? So yeah, <laughs> I hope you enjoyed yourself and and you're proud of what you built and you keep working, keep moving on with it, right? One of the things I think is a good validation is if 
you know, a podcast wants to interview you for your work, then I think you, your work is kind of validated. There's lots of projects out there in Flutter, but I don't pick everybody out there and ask them to come on. Because you built an Instagram clone, I'm, I'm not interested. It's, everybody's doing that. What else are you doing that's actually useful? This app actually has usefulness to it, right? So that's why I asked you to come on. Thanks. Thanks for the, the kind words. Oh, just being honest. That's that's what I do. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you for your hard work and thanks for making the time to come on. Uh, I really appreciate it. It's not easy. So thank you so much. Yep. No problem, Ailey.